You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Without further ado, we are going to get into our time this morning. Um, Just want to say aloha and welcome to all of you guys again. So great to see you. For those that were here, um, how good was last weekend when we got to celebrate with everybody, extended family came and celebrated the resurrection of our Lord. And for the first time in many years, we were able to celebrate, um, you know, properly with bounce houses and food and shave ice trucks. And it's been like three years since we've done that. So it felt like a big deal. So, especially for my kids, my son's like just turned six, so for him it's been like half of his life he hasn't seen a bounce house for, so it was a big deal at our house. So anyway, um, but so good and can't wait for more times like that ahead, Lord willing. Um, But today what we're going to do is actually start a new Sunday sermon series. So we... If if you've been with us, you know, we finished the Sermon on the Mount, and we had a few weeks uh, diving into Easter and Palm Sunday, and today we start a new Sunday sermon series, and for the next six weeks, we're going to be talking about what is most important to us as a church, Um, our values, what makes us up, what we strive to be about, and what we prioritize most. And um, again, we'll, we'll start, you know, and kind of include some of our origin story in that, where we come from, maybe be, um, some areas where I believe we can grow in, but also to dream and cast some vision for what we can pray for and live into in these certain areas. And um, uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome six weeks. And this series is geared towards those that are new or interested uh, in what we're about. So if you have someone that's not here, that's like, dude, this church is named Reality. It's super weird. What are they about? Uh, Share these next six weeks with them if you think that would be helpful. But also, not only if you're new, not only if someone's interested, but this is a great reminder for those of us that have been here um, for years now of what we're about. And so over the next six weeks, this is what we're going to talk about today uh, is the Word of God. Then we're going to talk about worship. We're going to talk about prayer. Um, we have this slide? No problem. I'll wait. I wanted you to see the list. Uh, we're talking about Word of God, uh, pr- worship, prayer, discipleship and spiritual formation, community and relationships, and service, outreach, and missions. Thank you, Matt. Um, So there's a sixth one over there, but this is going to be what our next six weeks is going to look like. And so each week we're going to take a Sunday to look at these six things that are uh, really what's most important to us. There's other things that are important. It's not exhaustive, obviously. But um, again, this study will be a bit different uh, than normal, right? Normally our format for a Sunday morning is a very verse-by-verse expository teaching of a certain book uh, in the Bible, but uh, it's going to be a bit different. But I believe that it will be helpful and formative for us um, in this rebuilding season uh, after this, you know, tumultuous few years as a church and in the world. Um, and again, much of that 
last few years has been spent apart in isolation and not like this. And so today we're going to just start by what is utmost important to us as a church, and that is the Word of God, Scripture, the Bible. What is it? Why we value it? How that plays out? And what we desire for us as a church um, to do with that. But before we begin, let me pray for today. God, thank you so much for this new series, this new season. And God, we want to just commit these next six weeks to you and ask God that it would be formative to us as a church. That it would be uh, part of this rebuilding season as we, as we continue to regather as the church out of a, a season of being apart and online in this new space, in this new area that we're meeting. We just commit this time to you and ask even today with, when we talk about your word, I'm the first to admit that I'm not adequate, God, to talk about this, but thank you that by your Holy Spirit, um, I pray that I would be your mouthpiece to communicate what your word is, what we believe it to be, and how you've called us to see that play out in our midst as a church. And so... God, I pray that this would be a really uh, encouraging, formative time. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So what we believe the Bible to be. Well, 2 Timothy chapter 3 says all Scripture, right? All Scripture is God-breathed. And what we believe is that God used... Some 40 earthly writers over the course of some 1,500 years on about three continents to write down these words, but ultimately that they were inspired by God and he authored it. We believe that all scripture is God-breathed or God-inspired. God used men to pen his story, his will, his commands, and his design. So, in light of like holding these much more than just Human words, right? So because as a church we believe that the Bible is much more than some wise religious text, but actually the very words of God, right? The creator, sustainer, savior of all creation of all time. We spend a great time and put great attention into regularly teaching and studying it. That's why a bulk of our service is in the Word of God. That's why we offer these equipped classes, because we want people to get in the Word of God. That's why we encourage people to read the Bible on their own. That's why we, in, in Ohana groups, we give you discussion questions to try to dig in further to the words of Scripture, because we believe that they are the words of God. And the approach that we try to take we encourage all of us to take is to sit ourselves under its authority and allow God to speak to us through his word. But for the sake of today, um, there's so much we could talk about, but I want to hone in on three primary purposes of the word of God and how these play out for us specifically as a church, as Reality Honolulu. Um, Again, this is by no means exhaustive, otherwise you'd be here for years. 
because the Word of God is amazing. Um, this is no, by no means exhaustive. It's just a takeaway for us today. But here, if you're taking notes, here's the three primary things that we believe the Word of God does and how it plays out. Number one is the Bible guides us. Number two, the Bible shapes us. And number three is that the Bible informs us. Bible does more than that. I'm just saying here's three takeaways for our time today. So the Bible guides us, the Bible shapes us, the Bible informs us. So number one, the Bible guides us. Right, what we believe as a church, the Bible does, is tells us the answers to life's deepest questions. Right, it tells us how we were created, the world's original story and design, um, it tells us of God's desires and intentions for all of humanity, cross-culturally, across time and space. We believe that the Bible guides us and shows us the way in which we are to be united and with God, in communion, in relationship with Him. Um, as the Westminster Catechism points out, the Bible gives us what the chief end of man is. What is the chief end of man? It's to glorify God and enjoy him forever. We believe that the Bible guides us into how to do that, and what that means, and what the purpose of life is, right? And without Scripture, without the Bible, we truly believe that we're living and walking aimlessly through life without any gauge of what this is all about. We believe that the Bible informs us everything about life and our existence. No questions. Like, they're all answered. Without Scripture as our guide, we believe that we're left to our own interpretation and understanding of humanity's purpose. We truly believe that the Bible is our guide. Like, it, it, it shows us, it guides us to the way and to God. How all of this came about, what, what our life is supposed to be lived for, right? These, these big questions that all the time that people are asking, why am I even here? I believe the Bible guides us to answer those questions. The psalmist in 119 um, verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Right? If you haven't read Psalm 119, it's all about the Word of God, longest chapter in the Bible. It's about the Word of God. Go read it. Um, Psalm 119, 105. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We also believe the Bible is the guide that gives us understanding of not only us, but of God and how we ought to function inside the created order of the universe. Right? The Bible tells us um, that God has ordered everything and is in control of everything. Why he sent his son, what the purpose of that was, who the Holy Spirit is, how he's supposed to function in the life of the believer and in the world. God's word truly does show us, as Acts 20 would tell us, how we ought to live and breathe and exist. Um. I don't know how old you are. I mean, I know some of you. But I'm in my late 30s. And for me, when I grew up, um, helping my dad 
uh, on road trips, the means by which we got to places was, was through these large spiral map books. Again, I might be totally dating myself. Some of the others are like, oh, I did that for decades, right? This is just me, personally, in my late 30s. But I remember the iteration over the years, for me, how that existed, right? When I was super young, I did this with my dad, where if we were driving on a road trip, we would go to a place like AAA Insurance, and we would go, to, we'd go there, and we'd literally go buy big map books of counties. And there was, you know, there's grids, and it showed you how many miles, and there was the freeways, and you had to follow in order to get there. Um, and you had to be pretty on it, or else you would easily go, where am I? That was the way you got around. But then I started driving, um, and then there was MapQuest. It's changed the game. It's changed the game. Because literally, point A, point B, you get a printout. I just remember like so many times when I first started driving, the night before, you're like, I'm going on a road trip. Okay, get MapQuest ready. Then you get it. But the thing about MapQuest is I think you got to be pretty on it more than the map books. Because a lot of times there's not a great map. And so all of a sudden, if you don't see a sign and you're like, I don't know how far I went, you're like, I don't know where I am. The map, MapQuest was great. Uh, in some ways, and then also I think it was harder than maps in other ways. But then we got, guys, handheld GPS. Like, I mean, if you think about that for a second, global positioning systems and someone that will even talk to you, tell you where to go. Rerouting was not even a thing back in MapQuest in like... You would be like, rerouting was like, stop the car, we're lost, ask for directions. I don't know if we can reroute, honestly. I remember so many times, you had to go back to whatever MapQuest said. Like, you go, because you don't know where you are. Like, the iteration of directions was, is unbelievable. I don't know if you guys have lived through this in the same way, but um, thinking about the Bible as a guide, you know, it's funny examples, but... All that said, the Bible is the ultimate guide, not only to a destination, right? It's not only like the way in which to get to heaven and just follow the directions, but it's the answer to life's most important questions. It reveals who God is and who we are to be in light of that. That is one reason why we put so much emphasis at teaching and knowing's knowing God's word. Because as Proverbs would, would wisely say, Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, be attentive to my words, incline your ears to my sayings, let them not escape from your sight, keep them within your heart. Right, the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. And the, and the, the author here is trying to train up <laughs> people to go value you know throughout throughout proverbs the word of god is is um likened to gold and treasure and pearls because it's of that much value so often the the author of proverbs talks about writing it on the tablet of your heart and binding it around your neck and treasuring it above all else it's because it's the god god's words so number one is the bible guides us 
directs us. It tells us life's questions. Number two, though, is it doesn't just give us information of a destination or an answer, but we believe that the Bible shapes us. We believe that reading and hearing and believing the Word of God, coupled with the work of the Spirit in our lives, actually brings transformation and renewal in us, like on a deep heart level, like you're actually changed by it, and it's not just intellectually, like your life is actually transformed by the reading and believing of the Word of God. We, and we see this. We see that the Bible tells us that we're, we're created in the image of God and that our lives are to be modeled, shaped, and transformed by the very words of God and that it equips us to live for God and into His will and, and, and in our lives. Right? Second Timothy would tell us that all Scripture is inspired by God. Right? It's God-breathed. But it's also it's beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training us in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. Like we believe that the Word of God is, is, is not only God's words, it not only answers life questions and tells us the way in which we should go, but it, it literally is meant to transform us and renew us and train us. Um, scripture also goes on to talk about itself and says that God's word is actually living and active. It's alive. And it, it's actually meant to change us from deep within. The author of Hebrews tells us this, right? Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. We believe that the Word of God, again, isn't just some ancient religious text, but it's the Word of God, and it's living, and it's active, and it's powerful. So as a church, right, for the purpose of becoming more like Jesus we will happily sit ourselves underneath it because it's living and it's the active word of God. And we'll happily sit ourselves underneath it in order, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to, to, to have its way with us, to allow it to transform us. Right? That's, that's why it is so important that, like, as a church, right, the the posture that we take with it is that. It's going, oh God, this is your word. It's powerful. It's living and active. Shape me. Like, change me. I want to become more like you, so, so let me, let me, let your word do that. I think there is a shift that happens when we do so. Instead of just going, oh, let's just see what the sermon is today, or let's just see the topic that's being discussed. That's different. But if you come in going, okay, God, what does your word have for me today? What do you want it to say and what do you want it to do? Have your way with me. That's a whole different game. But I believe that's the posture that we're supposed to take. 
But again, as a church, our prayer, our desire, like looking forward, what we want to be about is that the Word of God would permeate us, that it would be the primary source that shapes us. Again, that is why we try and offer, teach, and provide resources to know and study God's Word as much as possible. Because we know it's living and active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and God desires to change us through it. And lastly, believe that the Bible informs us. You know, in, in Scripture, we get to see God, right, the Creator and Heavenly Father, in the person of Jesus. So if you want to know what God is about, we see it in the person of Jesus. Colossians 2.9 says, For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. Our scripture would say, no one's, no one's seen God. And, you know, he's seated in the heavenlies. But in Christ, we see the fullness of God in heavenly form. You want to know about God? Look to Jesus. And in the New Testament, we get a detailed picture of Jesus. You don't have to guess on who Jesus was. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's a pretty detailed account of who Jesus is. He's God in the flesh. And we get this model in which we can emulate. We get a person to copy. You want to know what it's like to be a Christian? Model Jesus. He's the leader. He's the model. It's his life that we're to emulate, how he treated people, how he reacted, how he acted, how he talked, how he thought, what he did. In the New Testament, because of the life of Jesus, we have a theology on how we're to live and treat others by his example. You don't have to guess a lot. We don't. Now that said, the times that we live in right now, Right? We are constantly being bombarded because of this, the same GPS we love. But we're constantly being bombarded and hearing about immediately about a conflict, tension in the world, division in the world, another opinion, another idea, you name it, like bombarded. Like, I really think no other generation right now has been so, like, overloaded with so much information at the same time, and it's all just heavy and gnarly and whoa, and, you know, it's hard to even process. And for a long time, especially these last few years, the world is kind of asking everyone, every, everybody, that we decide when we're met about an issue, what we think about it. Like right away. Hey, this happened. What do you think? You're like, dude, I don't even know. I got to even process that happened. Right? Like we're constantly being bombarded by all the stuff in the world. But then without, you know, explicitly saying, it's all of us are having to like process and decide and come up with, how do we feel about that? What do we think about that? Where are we on that issue? Right? That's, that's, that is the last few years. I mean, it can be really hard, like overwhelming. And the stakes are high because whatever way you go on an issue, people will be upset. My motto for the last few years is nobody wins. 
Nobody wins. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you do, what you say, what you pick. Half of humanity will hate you for it. Doesn't matter. Nobody wins. So in light of that, you know, I think for most of us, we're like, okay, instead of, I'm just like not going to have an opinion. I'm not going to share it. I'm not going to tell it. I'm going to avoid it at all costs. Yes, that's one way, but I think there's a better way. I think there's a better way. And a better way would be, instead of just going, I don't want to hear information anymore and figure out what I think about that information, I think a better way would be, well, what does the Bible say about that? What does the Bible say about that? And again, because like, for example, 1 Thessalonians won't have what we should think about vaccine mandates or masks. You can't go find a specific issue in 1 Thessalonians about 2021 and 2 problems. Because you can't. Because of that type of thing, we really do need to know what the Bible says about the heart of God and the character of Jesus in general. Again, because I, I think that can be a guide and can inform us, but again, you're not going to find like, hey, this just happened on the news. I just saw it. Let me go find that specific issue in the Bible. Like, no, we, we got issues right now that isn't going to just spell out exactly how we should feel about the trouble in the world or the tension or the division in the world. <clears throat> but I think it's so important as Christians that we approach and, the inter and interpret the world around us through a biblical Christ-centered lens. Because, and the reason why we'll, we'll know what that is, is as if we know the Word of God. If we know what the Word of God says about the character of God and the person of Jesus. In these days we live in and the ones to come, like, it's so important that we are immersing ourselves with Scripture so that we have a really good grasp on what it says. Because otherwise, you will be caught off guard and you will just be swayed by whatever's around you. It's easy, too. Because there's, so, there's, there's relationships at stake and family members and coworkers. And if I don't do it, it, again, if we don't know the Word of God, we'll just be floundering. Again, it's so important that we're immersing ourselves with Scripture so that we have a really good grasp in order to navigate the world around us the way Jesus would. Again, we're not going to get the specifics, but the Bible has a lot to say specifically about how we treat others, about how much grace and mercy and forgiveness and understanding and love we extend. Has a lot to say about that. So the issues could be totally different. But how are we responding? How are we treating that person? I know for me, I got this privilege when I was in middle school. Uh, by God's grace, I was going to this church and I got this opportunity to go on this missions trip to the Philippines. And part of that training as a middle schooler 
like 13 years old, was, hey, you are allowed. You can go on this trip. You've been selected as one of the kids from the youth group. You can go be a part of this. But the training is to read the entire New Testament, uh, a chapter a day, and it'll take you nine months, and you need a journal on it. And then weekly, we're going to talk about it in community together. And I was like, I'm out. Can't do it. I like, I like that my friends are doing it. That is crazy. You just asked me to do that. But I ended up doing it. I ended up spending a really formative time in my life reading the Bible every day, and I journaled about it at like 13. This was my first time reading the Bible because I didn't grow up in the church. I had just gotten saved. So a really formative life, uh, time in my life, I read the Bible for the first time. And I am not joking that to this day, because I read it, and I wanted to know what it said, and I wrote it, and I needed to write it down. I had some accountability. And then we got together with people during the week. I had extra accountability because it's like, dude, if you didn't read, you'd be like, dude. It... To this day, I have scriptures memorized. They're, they're written on the tablet of my heart because of that time. And so for me, not only because of that time, because I continued, but even when things happen in the world these last few years, it has been immeasurably easier to even make a decision how I feel about that news report. Because I go, oh, I know exactly what this is what God's word said, and this is how I think Jesus would approach it. Have those decisions been easy? No. As a pastor, too, this is what's crazy, or any leader or any manager in here, any, anybody that's had to make their own decisions, you've been asked also to not only what do you think, but then you have to make a decision on behalf of other people. It's been the worst thing ever. Because, right, as a human, I... I still am trying to figure out, well, I, I don't know. But what's aided in this process? Again, making decisions and communicating those or navigating a church through COVID and political tensions, racial tensions has not been easy. But what has guided me and shaped me and informed me that I've been able to go back and into and pray into and figure out, well, what would Jesus do? It's been because I've known the word of God. That has been my saving grace because what else am I having? Right? What else do we have in a world that's just like turned upside down and every issue has seven opinions? It's so important. I cannot stress enough. It's so important in the times we live in to know the word of God. Because I do believe the Bible informs us how we, we can think and act and react about things, even though they might not have COVID specifics in these pages. But again, we can approach all these things um, with hope. The Bible's super hopeful. <laughs> the Bible has a lot of hope, a lot of things we can hope in. Um, but also, it's very clear how we can treat others and love others. And there's a lot that it has in it that we can apply to many different issues in the world today. But that is why, again, we as a church spend a solid part of our Sunday gatherings um, teaching the Word of God. That's why we offer equip classes. That's why we have discussion questions that accompany the sermon every week posted online. Encourage your Ohana groups to dig into the Word of God. Get together on your own and read the Word of God so that we would know it and that it would 
permeate our being and that we would view the world around us through a biblical Christ-centered lens. So here's where I want to leave us today. Not only um, do you kind of know a bit more about us, um, I I want you to be rest assured that we esteem and value God's word above all else, that we will endeavor to continue to teach it to the best of our ability correctly with humility, through prayer. But my prayer as a church, those that call reality home now and will in the future, is that each of us would endeavor to become well-versed and well-acquainted with Christ through its pages. That you would know it, that you yourself would have read it, not, not just heard sermons or podcasts or but that you, like I did in my middle school years and how obviously I continue and many of you continue to read it yourself, but that you would know what the Bible says for yourself. That you'd be students of it. And I'll end with this verse as a benediction for us and a prayer. It's Colossians 3, 16 through 17, which says, let The word of Christ richly dwell within you. With all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Church, let us be a people that when people see us and know us, can say they're a church that has, that richly has Christ's word dwelling within them. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you have not left us alone with our own devices, with our own knowledge, with our own upbringing to just determine for ourselves how we ought to live. But you have preserved your word for us that guides us, that shapes us, and that informs us how we ought to live in the world around us. God, I do pray that you would seal the work that you've done and that it would carry through in each of our individual personal lives that we would esteem the word of God, that we would actually adjust our personal schedule so that we would make time for it, to read it, to study it, to know it. That we wouldn't just say, I'll get to that later or when time comes, but that we would truly treasure your word as your word. And God, would you make us a people that know your word, that live by it, that are shaped by it. And God, as things arise in the world around us, I pray that you would, by the power of your spirit, give us wisdom and discernment according to your word, how it is that we're supposed to think about an issue, how we're supposed to approach a topic, how we're supposed to live in the world around us as your ambassadors. And so God, in this time of worship, I pray that you would continue to allow time for response, that we would respond to you in the way in which you've spoken to us.
um, God have your way. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.